Welcome to Let's Talk About Shreks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. This episode, Jack and Earl are staying one step ahead of the ghost in the machine. It's Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 17. Enjoy the show! Welcome, everybody. My name is Earl Grey. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Did I just say em- everybody? I don't know what you said. Do you want to start over? <laughs> uh, okay. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody. I am Earl Gray. My name's Jack Dorino. And this is Let's Talk About Treks. That's the show you're listening to right now. <laughs> Yay! Today we'll be reviewing Star Trek Prodigy. Season 1, episode 17. Ghost in the Machine. Yes. Isn't that an anime? Yes, I believe it is. I think it's also a song or a rock band. Ghost in the Machine? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, no, the anime is called Ghost in the Shell. There you go. That's right. And then Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay. Neither of which we're here to talk about today. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) The U.S. release date was the 8th of December, 2022. Mm-hmm. It is the 870th of all of Star Trek. Okay. The episode was written by Chad Quant. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Andrew L. Schmidt. Ghost in the Machine takes place in mm-hmm. 2384 on an unknown star date. Before a live studio audience. Exactly. Those uh, poor animators always get hand cramps doing it live. Yeah, because you have to draw so fast. They have to draw so fast. Yeah. Gotcha. Or maybe the maybe in this case the uh, computers overheat because they have to render so fast. Okay. When the crew gets trapped in the holodeck by a mysterious malfunction, they aren't sure what's programmed and what's real. So sometimes I wish that the descriptors of the episode wouldn't give away stuff, and then I wish that the descriptors in the episode did give away stuff or like told me like a little bit more because i remember recently complaining about the description they really didn't say anything about what happened in the episode uh-huh. it was like admiral janeway looks into the past of the prodigy crew and learns something about the diviner or some something like that <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that was it but like it was a little a lot more to it this time i wish that i hadn't expected to start out in the holodeck yeah totally that would have made it even cooler once the episode opens and there's Romulans all around us, wherever I, I, I'm immediately like, oh, okay. So this is clearly not real. Except we don't know when they were going to go into the holodeck. They might have, well, in, in this scenario, they probably wouldn't have yeah. taken a break to go into the holodeck. We're like, how are we going to do this? Yeah, like I would assume if we're going to start the episode in the middle of something, like, mm-hmm. you know, like potentially show ending, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's probably a holodeck scene. Yeah. But uh, Prodigy is good at uh, kind of, well, if you've never read the summary, catching us off guard with their fake outs here. Sure. Or, or at least they like to do them. Yeah, you have you have to have not read the summary. So yeah. Yeah, I have, I quit the show now. So I can't, so I can't read the summaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have to find a new Jack Dorito. Aw. We don't have any Jack Dorito to kick around anymore. Aww. I'm just kidding. You know, one of the things I saw when I was watching this episode that this opening scene seemed to be almost a perspective of inside of a Kobayashi Maru. So inside the Kobayashi Maru itself. Yeah. 
and they were doing their own version of a unwinnable test. Yeah, it does seem like a Kobayashi Maru. And in fact, I think that's what I thought that they were sort of running through. Mm -hmm. The structure of their current predicament is sort of a Kobayashi Maru. It's like a like rest of the season long Kobayashi Maru. As soon as Gwyn determines, oh, we can't go back, we can't go back, that that becomes the the rest of the season becomes their Kobayashi Maru. I thought it was very creative of them to attempt to use the phasers as a signal flare or a Morse code. Yeah. I don't know if they realized they could, you know, power down the phasers so that they could put them on like... I mean, listen, <laughs> they could not use the phasers at all. They could use the frelling lights of the ship. Well, yeah, that's true, too. They could flicker the lights of the ship. Wouldn't that be a little less aggressive? <laughs> <laughs> or like, hey, check it out. You know, I was thinking about the other day. If they were that close to the Dauntless, couldn't they just all eject from the ship? Great minds think alike, because I was, yeah, they could just eject from the ship. Um, Not only that, but if you were worried about, like, say, the communications being infecting, you could, I wonder if you could target just the individual inside the EV suit and beam them into the ship and leave the EV suit outside of the ship. Mm -hmm. And then, or, and you would have to leave your comm badge behind, too. I mean, you but, could really just, wait, why, you'd have to leave your comm badge? Because it could already be infected. It's Starfleet technology. I mean, if someone was really thinking here, mm -hmm. they could really just drop down to a planet, mm -hmm. tell Janeway to take the ship somewhere, like hide it out somewhere. I uh, mean, they. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> at the beginning, towards the beginning of this episode, at least that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Set the people down somewhere, mm -hmm. send, send Janeway to go hide behind a moon, you know, call the Federation, be like, hey, that, our ship is on that moon. Here's the deal. <laughs> Unfortunately, as teenagers, they don't have as much life experience. Of course, you would think Hollow Janeway would have the life experience to maybe suggest these things, too. Unless the virus is preventing her from coming up with these ideas. Yeah, I mean, again, don't forget that at the very least, the ship is jailbroken. So her hologram is probably also jailbroken, which is why when you know she talks about her past, she talks about very innocuous things and mm -hmm. nothing deep at all. Remind me what jailbroken means. Like when you take your iPhone uh -huh. and you put a different ROM on it, or you take your Android and you put a different ROM on it, so it has like so it works differently than a regular phone. Where does the term jailbroken come from? Is it because you can quote go to jail for doing something that Samsung or Apple doesn't want you? No, it comes from the device being a captive of the operating system. Uh, oh, okay. So you freed the capabilities of the device by jailbreaking it and putting a different ROM on it. Mm, okay, so like if you wanted to run Linux on your phone. Sure. Okay, it's held captive by Android, isn't it? Or in your case, OS X? Not so much by iOS. Oh, okay. I don't think, I think iOS is pretty tied into everything the phone can oh, okay. do. I, it seems that way. Um, I, I have noticed that Androids need a little jailbreaking sometimes yeah i guess i've not del delved into the uh phone to i mean i appreciate being able to use it the way ladies and gentlemen i hope you're enjoying uh, programmers weekly this is our <laughs> weekly show where we talk about programming and device hacks and other things like that to spark your interest um, next week we'll be discussing the hulu apple tv box yes <laughs> If the living construct wants to get aboard the Starfleet facility, then maybe it's responsible for giving our heroes the no-win scenario in the in the hopes that maybe they'll give up and just say, let's just go 
contact them and, and hope for the best. You know, they'll contact Starfleet for help to get rid of the, the living construct of the virus. Um, looking at the past history of our crew mm -hmm. and the way they handle things, they'd be far more likely to go back to the Federation and just not say anything mm -hmm. and hope that everything would go fine and Whoops. then have the living construct, <laughs> like, break out and, like, destroy everybody and everybody looks at them and they're like, well, we didn't want to tell you. And they're like, you guys, now we learn <laughs> to tell the truth. Like, this is the lesson that they keep learning again and again. <laughs> is to like speak up and communicate so they would be far more likely to not communicate so how big of them mm -hmm. to try to communicate and especially in several different ways including attempting morse code i mean they they definitely want to tell the truth they do want to say that hey something's wrong but they yeah, do know, they hold on wait no no because no. i was down well, there on on that planet with them was mm -hmm. it noble isle no it wasn't noble isle it was before that it was the um the taxi the, the, the taxi land the taxi oh the spaceport uh-huh the uh the case uh, was it case um who was running it oh the the zindi were running it but yeah, i was thinking of um what's his face zindi and okana yeah where they first met okana yeah dr jago's island oh okay wait was that jago's island no I... wait we've been wait this has been three different no i'm confused now okay because we went to Jago's. Yeah, it was Jago's that we went to with O'Connor because he was trying to do the thing with the money thing or whatever. He owed Jago a shipment. Remember? Yeah, but Jago's Island was... Noble Island? No, Noble it was Noble Island. Isle. Okay. I'm yeah. conflating two episodes. It's almost like these episodes are all exactly the same. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole uh, O'Connor thing was more or less one hour-long episode, just split because it's a half-an-hour show. Okay. They, I mean, they happened within... I would say it at most 48 hours of each other or that all of the events in both episodes happened within a 48 hour period. Do you think that if this scenario at the beginning had been real, do you think the Dauntless would have actually gotten the Morse code message as opposed to like, I do you think they would have gotten it with us, you know, firing phasers off the bow? I would hope that somebody would have. Yeah. They're like, well, one, they're shooting off the, our, our bow and, uh, <laughs> right. They might have interpreted it at first as a as a warning shot, like you typically do. But then, why are they switching from just one phaser beam to two, the to the other one, and back and forth? You know, if you noticed at one point there was just one phaser beam coming out for part of the message. Yeah, there was dots and dashes. So one for dot, two for dash. Oh, okay. That's a way back Pike meta message. One for yes, two for no. Ooh, cool. Nice callback. So we've established probably someone on the Dauntless would have recognize the morse code have they seen the it, morse code now do you think that dal would have actually had them fire on the dauntless <laughs> trying to disable their weapons if this were a real scenario oh like trying to disable the tractor beam and stuff well he said disable that beam open fire i don't know i mean at that point when they're already captured he has no other choice because they have to keep away from them they don't want to infect them sure but no no, no. that that can't be the only choice though I, I take us back to the escape pods or the ev suits yeah, I was going to say, okay. Like, it seems to me like that should be their, their final, that should be their last gasp. Not the let's try to, let's try to shoot at them. Hmm. Why be aggressive towards someone that you're not trying to be aggressive, but that you're trying to prevent aggression towards. Maybe that's the point of view that Dal hasn't been able to see. Maybe that's what would help him if he slept on it for a little bit and realized, oh, wait, we can't be aggressive. We need to find a, a non-aggressive or a passive-aggressive way to deal with this. 
And it's kind of like, now the point is not to take the ship back to Starfleet. Like, why are we so pressed to take the ship back to Starfleet? Why don't we just get back to Starfleet? Yeah, I, I don't think that's occurred to them yet. That's a very good point, yeah. When they make a vehicle, like, so everything they make on that ship is infected, right? Yeah, that's why I'm... I would assume that, like, an escape pod would be infected and possibly even a combat would be infected. I'm curious about this infection a little bit because if if the virus is in everything that mm -hmm. it makes, then why does the construct need to be there at all? To instigate the... I don't know. Because, I mean, if it's in everything, like, if it's in the combat, it's in everybody's combat, just so that's five different vectors, right? <laughs> and then if it makes, like, you know, the escape pods, it's in all the escape pods, so... When I last remember seeing the, the construct, it's made out of little bits of something. So maybe whatever that is just floating around in the circle of, of the little pieces of something, maybe somehow each time it attaches a, a piece of the virus to itself, it actually loses a bit of itself. And so there has to be so many pieces to make sure you infect as much or all of everything that Starfleet has ever had ever. Or, you know, hopefully by the time that, you know, a billion or a trillion pieces of that construct attaches itself to Starfleet technology, then it's already too late for what remaining of Starfleet that's uninfected to either survive or protect itself. Okay. I don't know why you would have to have individual pieces of the actual virus uh, somehow actually infect. I'm almost thinking of a more of a biological virus as to opposed to a, a technological virus that just copies code instead of actually transferring a piece of itself. Well, that's what a, that's what a virus does. A virus copies code. Yeah. You know, it's it'll send its construction plans into another cell and that cell starts making stuff based on the instructions that it just got rather than making them from what it's supposed to do. That's how those infections grow inside the body. In order to get into the new body, it has to leave a piece of itself in the new body. Obviously, a virus would, a, a biological virus would have the ability to keep on to replace that lost part, but maybe this version of, maybe their version of this technology can't self-replicate so when it loses a piece of itself it just permanently loses that piece of self it can't replace it like the founders i guess yeah it's, it's the founders virus <laughs> there you go oh oh that's right i forgot they did have their own virus when we're finishing this scenario up jacob mentions you know maybe we'll nail it the 87th time which to me means that they got 86th on the 86th time ah but i'm changed <laughs> yeah i see what you did there do you see janeway with her big old mug of is that coffee well I mean, because she's <laughs> yeah she's original janeway so if yeah. if hologram janeway drinks holographic coffee does she get holographic jitters not if she drinks enough and doesn't come down off of them you just stay constantly high with the caffeine you don't get jitters would her holographic heart stop do you think that when the hologram generates a person that it actually generates like the whole per like do you think they have a circulatory system or do you think it's just like a shell that it generates i always assumed that they were there was a double entendre in calling them hollow something is wait a double meaning behind calling them hollow something i was also calling them i also figured that they were basically hollow inside 
Oh, I see. If you cut a hologram, might it not bleed? Have we ever seen a hologram bleed? I don't know if we have, but if, mm. if the simulation was going to simulate them bleeding, it would be generating the hologram as soon as it reached the surface of the outside layer. It wouldn't already be in there. So the blood would just be dripping from nowhere. Yeah, it would just be appearing out of nowhere, yeah. Thin air or fat air. Thin light. Thin light. Or yeah. thick or light. Solid light. Yeah. Solid light. I don't know if this is a thing that she's going to continue doing, but Holloway did this last episode oh. where, like, out of the blue, she was like, this is the best crew there could possibly be. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Or whatever it was she said, like, randomly. Random, yeah. yeah. So this time she's like, what isn't present today might reveal itself tomorrow. Like, what? Hold on. What? They could have force in their, their lesson for the episode. Yeah. Somewhere. Is that what that is? <laughs> Just every episode, just gonna just pick a random time to like, and then at the end of the episode, she's gonna come back and be like, "Did you did you catch my message earlier in the episode?" <laughs> they could wrap up like a episode of Star Trek. Today's episode was exactly <laughs> exactly was brought to you by. That is a hundred percent what they should do. It should be like Neelix should come out. Actually, Tuvix should come out, and he should be like, "Did you see what Janeway did today?" <laughs> Oh, speaking of Tuvix, I just saw an episode of a show. They were using a clone generator, and they were doing, like, the children's version of clones, where it's an identical, already grown copy of the original material. And by the end of the episode, they shoved them all back into the machine that they were generated in and ungenerate them. They just they murdered the clones. You would have got... I totally <sighs> thought of you when I saw them doing that, because you're always bringing up Tuvix. Murder made you think of me. <laughs> well... I mean, no. That's good. The fact <laughs> it reminded me that you're always bringing Guess I up won't apply me. for that gun anymore. <laughs> I can't picture you ever wanting to apply for a gun. I mean, I, I have a sharpshooter ribbon. Oh, that's right. We're in I can handle arms. Starting with last episode, for some reason, I started deciding to watch Zero and see what Zero's doing with those legs. Yeah. <laughs> what them legs do. So I noticed here at the beginning <laughs> that... Zero has no legs. I yeah, I noticed the same thing, and I was I tried to watch carefully, and I'm pretty sure they never had legs during mm -hmm. this entire the, episode. The whole episode. It made me wonder if they've got like at least two different teams working on this show wherever they're being uh, created, uh -huh. and maybe this episode the whole team was able to handle all the animations for this episode. Are you suggesting that one team of animators? thinks Zero has legs, and the other team of animators thinks Zero doesn't have legs, and so they're just like, it's a big snafu. I don't think it's that they think that way. I think that they, maybe the team prefers them that way. Huh. I mean, and there's some, certainly sometimes when it's advantageous for, for either form, too. Okay. Obviously, floating up the side of a board cube, you would probably not need legs. If you were floating up a board cube and you had two arms and two legs, then all of the mm -hmm. rest of your friends could grab onto each limb and you could float them all up. <laughs> Assume you had enough power, yeah. What, what power? What do you mean? The, the power of the exosuit. What? It certainly has some sort of propulsion system. I thought Zero was moving Zero around. Oh, there's no... Zero can move around like that without a suit, which was featured in last in the previous episode. Yeah, they can. So that the suit is like, that's just like holding itself around Zero. Zero's doing all the moving and stuff. Oh, okay. Zero's in a hamster ball? Yes, Zero was the first character in a hamster ball. <laughs> okay. Only, like, Zero's hamster ball is, like, cobbled together. Like, they gave Zero some trash yeah. to put on. Here, Zero, put this trash on. <laughs> and we're going to get this special, like, 
really nice spherical perfect cube for the melanoid slime worm. <laughs> Hope you enjoy your your trash heap around you. Well, the I think there's a danger element for Zero to be able to upgrade or change their exosuit. For sure. Yeah, 100%. They wouldn't want to be caught naked in their dressing room or something. At all. Well, I think that's about the good point to uh, end a teaser. Should we go to break? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. Hi, guys. I'm Isaac. And I'm Andrew. And together we make up Unplanned Trek. Each week, we watch a random episode of Star Trek. And we completely deconstruct it. We have medals that we give out. We give out awards. We have segments. We have votes. We get very unplanned, thanks to my good friend Andrew. That's what I'm here for. So look us up where you search for podcasts. Search for Unplanned Trek. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. Carter. <laughs> I was waiting for one of us to do that. Jacob Pog seems to like to solve all of Jacob Pog's woes with junk food. Jacob Pog. Jacob Pog has the most enormous bowl of ice cream, and everyone else should be like really upset with him. Yeah. How's he going to fit in the Jeffrey's tubes if he eats all that ice cream? Maybe he hasn't had to experience the Jeffrey's tubes yet. Oh, last episode, Dal was in the Jeffrey's tubes, wasn't he? Uh, he might have been, yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's why Dal is in, always in the Jeffrey's tubes because Jacob Pot can't fit. Yeah, perhaps that's perhaps that's the reason. This ice cream reminds me of dragon fruit. I wonder if it's a dragon fruit flavored ice cream. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me too. Oh, okay. When Jacob Pog mentioned that he wanted to slap around Dr. Noom, uh, he looked right at the camera. He did, didn't he? When he said with my words as if he was telling the kids in the audience or even us don't solve your schoolyard problems with violence kids i rewound it like three times to see <laughs> Me too. like because to be honest though i still wasn't sure whether he was looking directly at the camera i mm -hmm. feel like maybe maybe um rock talk was sitting to his like i think they were sitting maybe at a round dish table they're sitting like in a circle ish sort of yeah. Way and I think Rock Talk was to his left at uh, like seventy-five to ninety degree angle, and mm -hmm. uh, Gwen was to Rock Talk's left at like a seventy-five or ninety degree angle. So, from the angle that we were looking, I couldn't really tell whether Jenkins Pog was looking in the camera or mm -hmm. whether Jenkins Pog was looking at Gwen, and we were sort of looking from an angle over like two Gwens right a little bit but I think maybe the idea was yeah I'm definitely looking at yeah. the audience even though I don't think he was really actually doing that I think that they were trying to give the impression of that sort of thing when Jacob Pog is talking I think he's looking at Gwen but Gwen happens to be the cameraman when I went back and looked it didn't really seem like Jacob Pog was ever looking directly at me but I think that that was still the idea. Yeah. It was that, you know, it was supposed to be as if he was looking at the camera. I mean, maybe it could have just been, um, maybe I'm just being judgmental of the animation. I don't know. Well, I'm glad that we both came up with the same idea that Jenkinpog was like looking at the audience and say, don't solve your problems in the schoolyard with your fist, kids. Use your words. Yeah, like if you're a tough little kid who likes to scrap and stuff, don't do that. But if you're a girl, apparently do. Oh, right. Because as soon as we cut back to Gwen, she's like, oh, I would just wanted to slap my dad. So there's a, there's sort of like something that I've been not broaching mm -hmm. on Prodigy, but I guess uh -oh. basically because uh, neither of us Earl have children. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it occurs to me that 
Prodigy is definitely a show that a Star Trek guy could watch with his, you know, burgeoning Star Trek kids. Mm-hmm. And some of the things they're doing is some interplay about communications and messaging amongst the family, right? Mm-hmm. So the message last episode was about stick with your family and, you know, uphold your family's values. Mm-hmm as opposed to meeting some boy and then doing whatever he says <laughs> and thus tearing your family apart, right? Uh-huh. Because Diviner was like, she met a boy, right? <laughs> like that was that was the bad thing that she did was meet a boy and then go and do whatever and, and you know, disappoint her family that way. This time it's like if you're a wild, young little scrappy guy, then like you should not fight. But if you're mm-hmm. a girl, apparently you should. Mm. Yeah. But also, don't run off with some young little scrappy guy either. <laughs> the, the lead of the motorcycle game. When when we plan the wake up for 0800 and Jankum Pog's like, oh, it's at 08 whatever whatever time <laughs> I get up, that's still 0800 something. Like 08, <laughs> all the way up to 0859, it's still... Mm. Uh, like, so he's pretty much keeping with the spirit of it. I would have gone, like, uh, how about we wake up at, like, 12 or 13-something? <laughs> yeah. We get into Dal's quarters. Uh, They're kind of... I always thought he was so selfish for choosing the biggest captain's quarters. Dal says, computer, turn everything off. And it's my hypothesis that when he says that, that's more or less kind of breaks the computer a little bit because it's like the computer might have had an issue with are you talking to the computer computer or the computer inside of the holodeck and what do i really do and that's when the glitches that's kind of what caused the glitching it what what you raise is the point that the program was imperfect this is something that i hadn't thought about before like the reason that they determined that they were in the holodeck is because it started doing these glitches these malfunctions and Mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me before that there was a reason for that i thought it was sort of just like i thought i kind of think i just considered it as being like endemic to the program like it's just part of the program like it's imperfection Mm -hmm. but to think that his command to turn everything off mm, i just i I would like to examine that further Mm. Okay. Like, should... So, do you think that it would have glitched the same had it not been Dal that it asked that question? Or that made that command? Because being as he's the, the captain. Like the person with the highest command code authority? Right. Like, do you think it listened? I mean, just like he's in that. Just, got, just like he has that room. Like, do you think mm. that, you know, this ship listens to him more than it listens to everyone else i don't know because i mean the ship is certainly sub- subordinate to every biological entity on on board although it would know that certain people have more clearance to do more things than other people yeah usually right like i doubt when dal does stuff dal has to put in his command code the computer just recognizes that it's him yeah but if he gives his command code to someone to do something then it can do the things that you know, yeah, that he can do. If Alexander tells the computer to launch a torpedo, the computer's going to be like, eh. Sure. But if Picard tells the computer to launch a torpedo, then the computer's going to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's probably going to question that less. The other thing I was surprised, his command was a little bit more broad and vague, and I 
the computer seems to take things a little bit more literally. I was all half expecting it to like literally shut everything off, including like the air and the monitors <laughs> on either side of his bed. And... Yeah, I, I thought that everything that when he said turn everything off, that everything was actually going to turn off, and it did yeah. not turn off. And it was surprising to me. If I had those monitors on and uh, at the head of my bed and on the side of my bed, and they were emitting some sort of light, I wouldn't be able to sleep with those on. Even if I leave it on, I leave my computer in my living room. I don't take it into my bedroom with me. Of course, maybe they have blue light filters on them, but I don't think I'd be able to sleep with them emitting any kind of light. Oh, I mean, it depends on how tired you are. You could sleep through anything. <laughs> well, true. Depending on what, you, what you've been going through in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. At first, when I heard the music, I thought that it might have just be somebody else playing music to relax at the end of all that. that that's kind of what I thought it was, too, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they were playing it way too loud. Right. It would have made sense because just a second later, we see Gwen, and she's working out, and like that's her soundtrack for her workout. Oh, right. Yeah, certainly. I'm a little, I'm a little confused about what happens here with Gwen over these next few moments because she definitely says that she saw a, a feral malnourished human. A feral, yeah. I thought Gollum. I, I went to the point to look up, hey, does does Disney own Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that, were they trying to like bring in other properties on this Star Wars show? Uh-oh. And then, you know, had to change it later. Because that's the only like malnourished human that I would recognize really. Oh, the actual Okay, you were you were thinking of Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. When I when I heard that, I thought of a Gollum. Like I had to rewind it a couple times to even see the thing. The first time I watched it, I didn't even see what she saw. Yeah, I did. I saw it the first the first time, and when she said it, I was like, "Wait." What? I thought it looked more like a Telluride. It I looked like a Telluride every time I saw it. Yeah. yeah it looked like I don't. But then she referred to it again. She's like, "Did anybody see this?" And I'm like. <sighs> No, nobody saw that. You didn't see that either. <laughs> I think I only saw the footprint or the foot at the in like the first time I saw it. This is the this is the time when like for some reason the script doesn't match the storyboard. Mm -hmm. Like what they have drawn on the storyboard is not a feral malnourished human, mm -hmm. but what they have in the script is a feral malnourished nourished human. And I always wonder at times like this, which one comes first? Is it the voice acting or the animation? Do they match the animation to fit the voices or do they f match the voices to the animatics uh, animation? Generally in the United States, or cartoons made for the United States, they do the voice acting first and they match the animation to the voice acting. You would think, because it seems so spot on. I don't know if in Japan they do it this way, but I know that when we're dubbing a Japanese property, the voice acting comes after and they have to match the voice acting to the animation. They don't usually reanimate the, the mouth. Uh-huh. Although I would imagine that when they're making it in Japan, they're matching, they're doing like we do, and they're matching the mouth to the words. Long story short, the voice acting comes first, then the storyboards. Pog finds this, this skinny malnourished elf is what he finds. I mean, if she saw a, mal, a, a human <laughs> malnourished, a, a malnourished feral human, then what Jenkin Pog saw was a small elf that was also malnourished, apparently. There's a this thread that happens through this episode with Rock Talk and these little creatures. Are these like space Pokemons? Well, in a way, they're yeah. They also remind me of other types of collectathon games that a friend of mine does. 
that seem to me like all you're doing is collecting these pic static pictures that are not even really animated. Like Garbage Pail Kids? Uh, digitized, but yeah, like Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, like NFTs. Yeah, okay. The, you can say what the hell's an NFT if you want. I know okay. what an NFT is. Not, oh, I'm not really sure I know. Non-fungible fungible tokens. I mean, I know what it stands for. Yeah. That doesn't mean I really understand what it is because I have many non-fungible things <laughs> that are on my computer and on the internet. Yeah. That like things that I've written, things that I've made. You know, like what? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me sell my things <laughs> to you. Everything I have is worth three million dollars a piece. <laughs> Definitely one of a kind. I have many one of a kind files. I'll make you one right now. I have Photoshop. <laughs> so fine, it's finding these balls, which Rock Todd. Mm -hmm tells us is a glitter smooch mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like that's the first thing like the name that makes me think like pokemons yeah but this conversation is what reveals that we are actually still on the holodeck it is and it, it, i thought it was pretty cool that uh jacob pog is seems to be the first one to actually piece together that they're still in the holodeck in fact uh rock talk mentions that this is from her favorite program delta heart veterinarian this reminds me. Oh, do you think this is like, uh, like a, like a match three game? A match, well, <laughs> like one oh, of like okay. one of those things on your because it sounds like one of the like a game on your phone. Yeah, maybe. Delta Heart Hospital. Play today. Um, that that would be a good way to do it. But there are others. Like I've seen some. Like my sister used to have some of these like adventure games that are pseudo sort of adventure games that are like. Barbie's, you know, veterinary hospital, and uh, you, you know, you go around and you find, you gotta find the animals first so you can rescue them, and then you gotta go and figure out what's wrong with them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rock Talk is definitely the type to play these cutesy kind of games. If they came out with a line of plush, like stuffed little Delta Heart huggies, uh -huh. would you, would you buy all? All 32 of them maybe like a five inch diameter ball and each one of them is a different delta heart cutie um with a little starfleet logo on oh, it. you <laughs> had to add the starfleet the big, logo in and the big eyes yeah yeah because yeah, it's got to be starfleet branded yeah, somehow you gotta put like maybe it's wearing a combat and you push it on the combat to get it to cheddar or purr exactly yeah you know, I mean, I have a triple. The answer, the answer is yes. No, I don't. You would think... buy all thirty-two no. Delta Heart smoochies. I mean, I only have one triple. I didn't have to catch. That's them. all it takes. <laughs> it's a. You're right, but no, I don't think these would appeal to me. What if it was like a whole picture? Like we put all thirty-two boxes together in a square, and they made this picture. I appreciate the, a gimmick like the next person, but there's a point where the gimmick gets too gimmicky, <laughs> and it's like. Okay. Uh, but I think it one. I think it depend on how much they were charging for these. Five ninety nine. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get all thirty two. What if they were all at Ollie's for one ninety nine? <laughs> like how long it's taking me to figure this one out? Like, it's very tempting. You might. You should give like, Hasbro mm. a call or who? who, who. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is yes. They they could get you to buy all thirty two. <laughs> I mean, eventually, Maybe? like four years from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> Is there a use to them? Do they come with something collectible? Yeah, like... I told you on the box. There's a whole picture. Maybe... You can't get the whole picture until oh. you get all 32 boxes. No, they'd have to come with something like a different dice for the dice set. They also wait. How about they all link together, 
I have the Vol- and, and, I have the modern version of the Voltron robot. No, 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 no. They all link together like wirelessly. Oh. And they all talk to each other. The Furbies. I had a friend who said like at nighttime when everybody was asleep, they would like wake up and start talking to each other <laughs> and it would freak everything out. <laughs> I would definitely like to get two of them because I would like to, to know if they talk to each other at night. I would like to freak out. <laughs> Is it me, or does nobody notice the fog rolling in? They're all too busy to even think about it. But the whole place did get, like, completely full of fog yeah. before some people even said anything. And then all of a sudden, they were in an entirely different place. Well, and all of a sudden, once they realize they're in the holodeck, Dal says, huh, the ice cream. And everybody just loses their mind. They're so distraught about the ice cream of all things. The ice cream is the worst thing <laughs> that could be fake. I just had flashbacks to that Romulan holding a tubule beside his head. It's a fake. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It seems like Zero's fantasy is a Scooby-Doo mystery. All the fog, the que- creepy building, there's four or five companions. Murph is Scooby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, when... So here's one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to, like... It seemed... Uh, sometimes I feel like I, all I do is, like, try to pick apart these episodes and then I have to, like, quietly remind myself that it's a kid's <laughs> show. But this time I'm very curious now about... So, it's my understanding that once we come to the end of this episode that it's an effect of the living construct that has caused Janeway to do this, these things, right? Mm-hmm. If the living construct wanted to do it well, mm-hmm. it would have locked Janeway inside the holodeck also. It doesn't want the kids dead, does it? <laughs> well, does it matter? Oh, I mean, the if they're controlling... Well, the ship can fly itself. It, apparently, it can fly itself because it just flew itself. Yeah. It just flew itself. Well, it did back in the past when uh, Chakotay said it the way, too. <laughs> this is like Zero and Zero's legs. Oh, Zero, when does those <laughs> need legs? Oh, Prodigy, <laughs> when does them need crew? <laughs> Picard's like, we've never needed a crew before. I don't remember that. It was from Remember Me, oddly enough. And people started disappearing. Oh, right, yeah. Beverly well, like, it's just Beverly yeah. and Picard. Well, He's like, where's, where's the crew? Well, the, the weird thing is, is we we can make automated technology by now. That can, well, I guess we're telling it what to do every step of the way. And that's why we have to wait on the, the delay from Earth to Mars or Earth to the moon. But yeah, we can make things do things. Sure, we can fly entire starships from far away. Yeah, or we can yeah, fly, fly entire drones halfway around around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We even have like holographic interface technology. <laughs> <laughs> we do where I can like sit in a sit in a little booth and I can fly my drone Uh-oh. and have like a three three sixty view. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to have to kill me now because you told me. No, I'm just saying, like, I mean, okay, so I haven't seen anything that, like, indicates this, but it, the technology allows for it. Why would we not have it? Yeah. Like, the technology definitely allows for me to be in a closet surrounded by screens and for uh-huh. those screens to be displaying the 360-degree camera that's on, that's oh, on yeah. a drone that I'm flying. Like, yeah. why, that's 100% doable now. Why wouldn't we yeah. do it? Yeah. Uh, Disney can do it. Yeah, don't they have? We have like simulation rides and stuff. We have frilling holograms of Tupac <clears throat> Shakur. Like, actually, I I remember playing finding an arcade once back in the nineties. That was a hologram. That was a hologram. That I yeah, remember it was that being projected oh, it's so into the funny. middle. Yeah. yeah. 
good. Yeah, it was. There's like robots fighting each other because it it's all was. polygons and stuff. But uh huh. But it was holographic. Like you, could, it was yeah. standing up in front of you in the middle. Like I, I remember that. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. I mean, it was reflecting off the screen, and they had to pump mist into the air so you could see it. But oh, so there was one. I remember one where it was like a mirror trick, but it definitely looked like a hologram. Like right. I mean, there. there's the there's also the bowl tray with a mirror bowl on top of it where mm -hmm. it has a hole in it. Whatever you put uh -huh. in the bottom of the bowl reflects yep. up into, and you can like. I remember playing with that in one of the holograms. Yeah. Stores. Why don't we have holograms yet? Yeah. There's a, there was a store that had a whole display that was all about, look at the holograms we have now. And you're like, Oh my God, there's holograms. And this was years of like, this is yeah, way yeah. before the pandemic. So like, why don't we have holograms yet? <laughs> what are they telling us? Color holograms. Well, solid holograms. I don't even need a solid hologram. I just need like hologram. Like can I just have a hologram? Like I can just carry. Shouldn't my phone be holographic? If my phone now, if my phone could display Actually, a hologram, we have motion tracker like sort of devices, right? Uh -huh. Like because you have, they have mice. Oh, they had what was that glove they had with Nintendo, right? You know what I'm uh, talking about? And yeah, we have like devices that can like track. You know those like infrared keyboard things that like display on your your desktop and like you type the keys. It's like a laser I've that seen, displays I've seen yeah. ads for those. Yeah, it projects yeah. like a red laser. Yeah, key. so they do that with motion tracking. So if you have motion tracking and a hologram, then I have mm -hmm. interactive holograms, right? Because you just motion track in the space where the hologram is. Mm -hmm. And that way it's like you're interacting with the hologram. Oh, okay. So why don't we have that? It's clearly possible. I mean, VR works almost the same way as your... Yeah, but you have to put on a helmet or whatever. Like, I'm talking yeah. about like in... In reality, like in the world, like in the outside world, like I want, like augmented reality should be augmented without glasses. <laughs> they have to wear glasses <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be in the augmented yeah. reality. That's like a, it's like a, yeah. it's like a poverty line. Like it's <laughs> literally a poverty line right there. Uh, okay. Rock Talk explains for us. Finally, I, I mean, I already knew because I read the actual Star Trek: The Next Generation technical manual, so I knew how <laughs> the holodeck worked, but. Mm -hmm. This is the prodigy version. I, the simplification is pretty much perfect. Like, because that's basically all the holodeck is. It's motion floor tracking and then visual horizon manipulation. It just like makes it's a perspective thing. Like it's tricks yeah. your perspective to make you think that you're seeing things over here and things over there. And that's why zero yeah. looks like zero is five feet away when zero is actually probably right next to you. I always figured they were so at some points they were walking around on a treadmill. That's what motion floor tracking is. But then zero. Oh, but then zero flying around, huh? Zero should be flying into walls. <laughs> like seriously. And looking bigger as they got closer to the. When zero flies around, does zero feel around zero in that suit? Is there like some some friction that zero's feeling that's letting zero know where zero is spatially, or is zero just moving around? and knowing where zero is by seeing it. That's a good question. Do you think zero can see the way that we can see or even hear the way that we hear? Because you know, like I've learned this mm -hmm. recently. I don't know if it's true or not, but it sounds like it could work. If you have like a laser light pointed at somebody's window, uh -huh. you can listen to them talking from the movement of the glass in the window. Oh. So is that oh. the way that zero hears is in that same way? A similar way. Uh, oh, that's a, maybe that's, now you creep me out. Now I'm gonna have to hang uh, <laughs> yeah, right. blankets over my window. What, do you, what are you afraid of them hearing? <laughs> NSFW sounds. Oh, okay. Um, 
are you I is this when you're alone? Yeah. Okay. Um, Am I? Okay. Um you're gonna have to cut well, that out. Zero mentions that Zero spends yeah. a lot of time in this lighthouse simulation. Yeah, yeah. Like why? Again, why? What you are a gas being, right? Right, a gas being mm -hmm. who you know started out this whole journey yeah. by hanging out with this gas family on this starship, gallivanting yeah. around space, and what you've chosen to do with your spare time is solve mysteries. Mm, not so much that. I mean, possibly that, but mm -hmm. the, it's the place that I'm concerned about. Like, why would mm -hmm. that be your entry to a mystery? Like, you've decided to go to a human building on earth and hang out on this island i get it now. right okay. like this is what you've chosen see if i can track with you mm -hmm. a gaseous being mm -hmm. it's basically fog mm -hmm. is going to a place that is supposed to help you navigate through fog mm, sure possibly even potentially harm quote unquote the fog i mean what's the point of going to a like what why would this be your holodeck program <laughs> why would assuming the activities of a corporeal being be a fantasy for you because it's something you can't experience yourself what how zero's clearly experiencing being a corporeal being by having the yeah. body zero has yeah why is zero even staying with us like why doesn't zero just leave and go home <laughs> Maybe they don't know where they are. I was wondering this, actually. They know exactly where they are. They may not know where they're from. I was wondering exactly this. I was wondering, like, what is everyone's motivation for staying on this ship? Rockstar could have stayed on Noble Isle, right? And yes. explained everything. Like, they, they all could have just allowed themselves to be captured, like, back there. And everything would have been fine. Hmm, yeah. And they wouldn't have to go through all the stress they're going through right now. Sure. This... I guess the show would have been over. Yeah. They certainly are friends. They've developed a friendship. They care for one another. And they want to be around the people that help make them happy. They want to see their, you know, their lives together blossom. We had a conversation recently about the future of this show and how it seemed like maybe it's going to end after season one because i don't know where it could go like once we've solved this whole mystery of like how do we get the ship back to the federation yada yada oh this show not our show yes did when you have you a, said this did show, you have a conversation about ending this show with someone no i didn't are you sure absolutely oh um you are taking a vacation though i hear yeah uh i will be going to visit family this holiday season oh awesome I will attempt to be a, make myself available uh, to do some recording on a weekly basis. I'll be gone for approximately 14 days or two weeks. Oh, thank you for telling us that 14 days was two weeks. I appreciate it. Well, it's not necessarily two calendar weeks. It's your Federation Starfleet lesson of the week. 14 days <laughs> is two weeks. On Earth, on the Roman calendar. I am returning the Tuesday after Christmas. Mm. Okay. The twenty seventh well, of December. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see what happens over the next two yeah. weeks. I, it, I guess I'm just it's just going to be me talking to myself, talking to all of you, <laughs> to all both of you, on. Do you, if you guys just I want thought... me to call you next week and just tell you this, just talk about <laughs> Star Trek with you, then you know you can you can call our phone number, which is two zero two 
plus one two zero two five six nine trek that's where you can give us a call and leave us a voice message or a text or you can just call me next week if you don't feel like having to go to your podcast provider to get the show we can just chat over the phone Jacob Pog thinks it's dumb and we should just leave. <laughs> but the the explanation that Zero gives is, well, you solve the mystery and you get out of here. Like that's so that's like the data, you know, yeah. style mystery where like once you once you finish the book, it's over. Like that's the hollow the hollow novel, the mystery hollow novel sort of sort of yeah. program. I mean, it's not that Zero has them all memorized like Data did, though. Sure. Okay. The holodeck is creating absolutely new stories for them well, yeah I, yeah i think that i think that it's also like a like a quantum computing generated choose your own adventure novel Ooh. right because like right now right recently cool. over the past like a couple of weeks i've been hearing about you know computers writing stories for people uh -huh. like artificial intelligence is writing stories for people yeah so i would like to see an artificial intelligence write a choose your own adventure book oh cool I, I've actually also heard about artificial intelligence is creating art based yes. on a description that you give them. Yeah. Yeah. I've used it before. I've used it a lot. They can be, sometimes they can be really weird and uh -huh. disturbing and sometimes they can be like really <laughs> interesting. Um, I did recently hear some stories that it was making and the stories were pretty coherent. It was actually writing poetry. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Like funny, yeah. like witty, funny poetry too. It was yeah. really weird. Well, and being poetry it doesn't necessarily have to be coherent yes but it was oh cool wonderful so the it is it is mystery now and as zero prescribed the mystery is a feat of which zero has none again zero seems to be keeping pretty cons consistent with this um footlessness yeah murph gets super excited and starts climbing up on rocktock's arm I was beginning to suspect that Murph had figured it out already prior to like almost anybody else. Oh, this made me think of the toothpaste commercial where the kid was like, it was like, let me try. Let me try. I don't, this is, I've gone way back. I've, I've super dated myself. I don't even remember don't the, what the commercial is. I want some, I want some. And like the older brother's just holding it like just up out of reach. I don't know what it is. It probably Kicks? wasn't a toothpaste. I don't know why I think it's a toothpaste commercial. Was it Kicks? It, it was Kicks. Holy crap, I think cool. it was Kicks, the cereal commercial. <laughs> it may have been it. What's a commercial? It's it's a thing that we play between acts of the episodes. Oh. Yeah. Why is why is why is Ink and Pog trying to burn the paper? I don't really understand I, what the point of that is. Just uh, the only like thing just I can being figure mischievous out is, and... Yeah, he's totally not into this. I mean, like, he's ah, like, screw this, this crap. Dumb. Yeah. Oh, so Jake and Pog was actually right in this episode. We should have never followed any of those clues because it was a waste of time. Had we gotten out yeah. of there sooner, then yeah. exactly what happened at the end of the episode wouldn't have happened because we would have prevented it because we wouldn't have been examining our own navels the way that Zero in this beginning <laughs> part insists that we do. You know, if Zero Ooh. were like a machine sort of construct rather than gas, I would definitely suspect right now that Zero was the one intentionally holding us up because Zero insisted on us following the clues of a mystery. Oh, like Data would. Yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. Zero like convinced everybody to, to go along with this, this silly follow this fake mystery thing. Mm -hmm. When we put the maps together, Gwen reads the paper. Mm-hmm. So what language do you think it's written in? Is the holodeck translating 
into everyone's language that everyone can read? Does it know that whether you can read or not? Does the holodeck detect literacy? Do you need literacy in the 24th century? I mean, I guess you do because there's words on the screen. I think they're... But do they have to be in English? Like, what what, 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 what language are they in? If you're on the bridge, can you reconfigure the Elkars to look more like... Like, if you're from, like, Vulcan, can you make... Mm -hmm. Can you reconfigure the panel to look more like Vulcan stuff? Put Vulcan language on it? Does everyone do that? Or do they make everybody at Starfleet learn Federation right. Standard? Which, that sounds a little fascist. <laughs> to, to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. But there's a reason it's called Standard and Federation Standard. That's, come to think of it, that sounds a little fascist. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think that Starfleet is the evil empire. <laughs> and a, a galaxy-spanning evil empire? quadrant don't don't be oh, so okay. big <laughs> you think you fill a whole quadrant <laughs> gonna wait like a thousand years for that oh okay but there's a glowing door and some music pumping from behind it and i always wonder like if the characters in the story hear the music oh right yeah this is the episode where we learn that yeah everyone's hearing all the music that's happening uh, so yeah at least in this episode they're the, the music is within the episode. The Tellarites in this show. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like many of them sound the same, especially in this episode. Like, I think yeah. they're all done by the voice actor of Jenkin Poggs. They all definitely sound the same. Like I mentioned last episode, I feel like the Tellarites all look the same. Well, see, these are all supposed to be representations of Dr. Noom because it, it, we're yeah. getting into. Jacob Pog's fantasy now, yes. and Doctor Noom was the one who insulted him. Gotcha. So they are all supposed to sound like Jason Alexander, the person that plays. Oh, I see. Doctor Noom. Got you. Yeah, we've got a herd of Doctor Nooms in this back alley here. Mm-hmm. But the Street Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> was I the only one that uh, thought of uh, Hadouken? Hold on. What is this coming from Jacob Pog's hands? Is this a holodeck specific thing, or is this something that Jacob Bob can just do? I, I think it's the holodeck reacting to what the way that Jacob Pog programmed his fantasy. Okay. When he makes this that gesture, uh -huh. the holodeck knows to make balls of chi or whatever you want to call it. Balls of chi. Okay. Appear. Chi balls. Get yourself some crunchy chi balls. <laughs> Not cheese. Oh. <laughs> You're making some good cheese now. Chibaz is the third member of our group here on Let's Talk About Treks. Chibaz. Jenkin Pog says, who's got arms? Give us the key. What does that mean? Is that like who's got hands? Whoever had, yeah, if you have arms, you can give us the key. Give us the key. Oh, that's not what, who's got, never mind. Um, what, what is, what is the other one? Who's got hands? Yeah. Having having hands is having acquired the ability to fight, sir. Uh -huh. This is what we call having hands, as it were. Okay. Th this crew, these people definitely are good at mixing their metaphors or, or chopping them up uh, at one point. Oops, you know, sorry. G good at? Good at ruining them or no, changing them. Good, yeah. Good They're, at spoiling them. I mean, at least they don't carry them out too far. There's, yeah, because you can I mean, do that. They, they're not carrying. They're not even carrying them to where they're going. Yeah, like when Gwen tries to say but messes up. 
saying, let's blow this popsicle stand. Let's pop this blow stand. It, yeah. <laughs> the safeties are on. Are they? And, well, Jack, Jack, Jacob Bog thinks the safeties are on. I mean, if yeah. the if the auto if the give me my automatic lightning hands is on, then <laughs> you would think that the safeties would be well, the safeties. So if he has lightning in his hands and it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't bother, he doesn't do anything to him because you know lightning in your hands. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like most people can't like <laughs> really put up with lightning in their hands. So like if you have lightning in your hands and nothing happens to you, then you it's I think it's a reasonable suspicion that the holodeck safeties must be on because the lightning didn't kill me. <laughs> okay. So only like the physical stuff hurts and the light stuff. The, this is sort of like so now the holodeck has turned into like a Borg starship where like you can block the laser stuff, but you can't block if someone like just, just hauls off and slugs you. Slugs <laughs> you or clobbers you with a batla. Sure. Okay. Hmm. Holloway's trying to put those safeties back on, but she says the system only allows non-essential functions so if the system only allows non-essential functions how did the safeties get turned off in the first place she wasn't allowed to to mess with the system like it only it only allowed her non-essential functions but jumping ahead to the story she turned the safeties off in the first place in that moment the virus was blocking her from accessing non-essential systems so to force her to ask for the command code to do it doesn't it always block her from non-essential stuff you know, if a system is going to be a danger to my plans, I would block it from essential stuff. I, I guess the, the safeties being on or off would be essential to their survival in the not, not to the so... operation of the ship, though. You know what? Yeah, not to the operation of the ship. The holodeck safeties would not be essential to the operation of the ship. What do you mean by essential, Holloway? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question too. Essential to what? Because it should be it should be essential to the operation of the ship. Well, or yeah, the life of the people aboard the ship, or both. Well, if the holodeck can kill you, and they can kill, then they can kill the whole crew, and then the ship can't function. I mean, the replicators could potentially kill you. Just have it replicate a gas that you know is bad. Mustard gas or something. Sure. Or just a ice cube. That will block your air passages. If the oh, that's interesting. Oh, what an interesting. Oh, what an interesting Star Trek mystery murder you've invented. Ooh, I wonder if we'll ever have that episode. That's an interesting <laughs> episode where like the murderer just transported a piece of ice into the victim's throat and then it, like suffocated them and then they died and then later there was no like there's no there's no reason this person should be dead. Because the ice cube is gone because it melted. What an interesting hollow murder. Hmm. Oh, you should write Star Trek episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is the code Game Boy 64 Nintendo 32X? Is that what it's called? <laughs> I mean, it's GB64 in 32X. So isn't that, is that Game Boy 64 in 32X? Like, a Game Boy 64, I think, is technically a Nintendo Switch. Okay. Those initials certainly could be, stand for that. Maybe that, I mean, he's certainly a kid. That's probably what comes to mind. <laughs> I mean, don't you make your password something that you're going to remember? No. All of my passwords are on a cloud, and then I blew up the cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you make it rain and evaporate the cloud. Murph got to work and started tearing everything apart, and then Rock Talk got to work as well. Rock Talk, and so Rock Talk is like chief science officer and assistant chief security officer. It's like Rock Talk is Murph's backup. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. But also Murph's kind of Rock Dog's backup, maybe. Well, and Rock is also backup medical officer. If, if Zero needs a nurse. Rock of all trades. A Rock of Ages? Tilarky. I, I haven't I haven't quite figured out how to how to bring this this twist on words into it. I just mm. the, I think this episode is a whole bunch of Tilarky. See what I did there? Tilarky. They w- definitely went over top with like every other person in the holodeck being. Uh, yeah. Like oh, everyone's right. everyone's a Doctor Noom. That's crazy. <laughs> Rock got that guy on his back, like it was nobody's business. I don't know where Rock yeah, came yeah. from. Like out of nowhere. Like yeah. Rock circumvented the motion sensors and the <laughs> electronic electromagnetic treadmills and stuff. Yeah. The key guy. When the key guy fades out, we go into the puddle and then we come out with the Zack Snyder cut of Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> okay. Which is going to bring us to the to the key club. And that brings us to the end of Act One. That's what it does. Shall we go to break? Let's do that. Okay. Welcome, weirdos. I'm Taryn Marlar, the host of Weird Darkness, where I bring you true stories of the paranormal, supernatural, legends, lore, crime, conspiracy, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. Named one of the 20 best storytellers in podcasting by Podcast Business Journal and ranked one of the best true crime and paranormal podcasts by Podcast Magazine. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the weird darkness found everywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Howdy, you. Thank you for sticking with us. Much. Maybe you got stuck in Murph. What? What? Small joke. Very small. This is a kid's show. Not that way, ew. So, what's happening now on Star Trek Prodigy? Season 1, Episode 17? That's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we enter Murph's Hollow Sim. Yes, this is this and is indeed Murph's Hollow Sim. His simulation, Hollow yes. Sim. Who calls that's it a Hollow Sim? They, do they call it Hollow Sims? That's what they've been. That's what Rock Talk's been calling. What it are they time. doing? What is wrong with these people? They're youths. Youths. The two youths. <laughs> what are they, what are these kids saying these days? Where are they coming from? Oh, these young. <laughs> children yeah, these young these kids and their star treks <laughs> treks to the stars i choose to believe that murph was singing during this scene <laughs> as opposed to because i mean murph can make squeak pop whatever sounds and so murph could be a good mimic uh-huh. murph is already proven to be good at doing physical mimicking mm-hmm. and murph is showing that Murph can communicate with Murph's hands the same way that you know other people can communicate with communicate with their hands, which happens a little bit later in the episode. But mm-hmm. I think that even if Murph is not singing the words, Murph is singing the sounds of the song. That's what I choose to oh, do. Oh, okay. So it's more like a, a parrot or a magpie. Yes. Uh do you think Murph understands what they're saying? I don't know. I don't think it's required. Okay. I don't think that it, it I don't think that it relates. Yeah, no, it's not. Not necessarily. Like when I was a little kid and they taught me how to sing Frere Jaca, right? Because we lived oh, in yeah. Germany, yeah. I guess that's why I learned that when I was a kid. So we were singing Frere Jaca and I was singing it even Oh, is it French? That, that was my Oh yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, okay, well in any case, whatever language yeah, we were sure. being taught. 
See, like yeah. I can sing the I, just like that. I can sing the words, but I don't know <laughs> what they mean. But I am singing okay. the words. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, sure. That's why he was singing it to those kids. I thought that was odd. Oh, okay. So it's French. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is he singing this German song? <laughs> wow. Okay. I feel slow because obviously, like Jacques is clearly a French. <clears throat> okay. Cut all that out. Dog. <laughs> I get that. You leave in when I'm making a fool of myself. <laughs> what are you but, saying? Uh, you, you, you can leave in when you make a fool of yourself. Not you. I guess our, our producer, our wonderful David Moody. Yes. I don't make, I don't make any decisions. <laughs> I just, I just stand here and talk. That's all I do. <laughs> Read your notes. The, the Geico Gecko comes to mind though. While Murph is singing. Oh really? That's yeah. that, that's a good comparison. I like that. <laughs> this is what this is what kept coming across my head. Like if the color were just different, I could almost believe it was the Geico Gecko while it was oh. singing. You know. Yeah. Okay. Jenkins Pock had a, a reaction that was identical, identical <laughs> to my reaction. <laughs> Jenkins Pock was a little bit slower. Like I much earlier than Jenkins Pock was like, what? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you're saying about Murph singing the song and performing it, but not really understanding what they're... Okay, sure. Sure. Interesting fact. Apparently, they didn't use D. Bradley Baker as... The songer? Yeah. They apparently just licensed the song from a guy named Troy Klein. Who you did research. I'm so excited. <laughs> what is the song called? The song is called Smile and Forget It. Uh, which is, you know, becomes evident once you listen to the words. I, I don't know if they just dropped in his recording or if he actually came to the booth and recorded it for the show fresh. I wish they had asked Brent Spiner to sing. Because this is like, this is in Brent Spiner's style. Oh, okay. And yeah. I think it would have been cool to hear him sing again, especially on Star yeah. Trek. Since, you know, it's been a while. Well, Troy, Troy Klein is the writer of the song, so he owns the song, so... I think they wanted to use the song and they, in order to license it, he might've been a requirement that they used him to sing it. Well, thank you for explaining to me how creativity, art and capitalism work these days. I appreciate your help in understanding that. I, I think sometimes when they license a thing, they don't necessarily get required to use the original performer that wrote it. I think that's true as well. Oh, okay. Sorry. Did, did I insult your intelligence? I didn't mean to. You didn't until now. Until when? Until we keep continuing down this path. I don't. I, I keep on digging myself deeper. Yes, and Jumja is a delicacy <laughs> from Bajor. You remember oh, they were right. like Jumja sticks. Uh, I Jumja was actually sticks and was, Jumja fruit. Yeah, yeah, I was recently reading a novel by David R. George III called Original Sin, which mm -hmm. was a Deep Space Nine story, and mm, okay. in it there's a there's a kidnapper that's feeding a young child raised on beige or mm -hmm. a sort of like a granola cereal with a sweet jumja syri uh, syrup on top of it Ooh, cool. <laughs> which is the reason why jumja is fresh in my head because i hadn't thought of it but like i think that they've talked about jumja fruit uh -huh. and i've seen a jumja stick yeah and i don't know why it sounds like a big juicy raspberry <laughs> like a like a raspberry the size of like a pepper like a red pepper sized <laughs> red raspberry that's what it sounds cool. like cool so, okay 
Well, similar to digging myself a hole earlier, Zero is like me. They are conveniently pointing out the detail that, the, you know, and breaking the illusion that maybe uh, Murph is miming or lip syncing the whole thing and the computer is actually singing the song. Yeah, I mean, Gwen posed the question, but yeah. I, I choose to believe what I choose to believe. Uh, well, your, your, your perception, I never even considered the fact that he could just be literally, literally parodying uh, the the sounds and not necessarily understanding the words or maybe even knowing where the words separate each other. Yeah, I mean, the hologram said to him, come, come up here and sing this. Like, yeah. I think Murph was in there practicing his songering. <laughs> or Murph was in there practicing their songering. Speaking of Zero, if they're <laughs> black and white, do they have the same effect on people as Medusans do when they're not black and white? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, cra crazy in black and white mm -hmm. was very different than crazy in color. Crazy in color is described by disorders as opposed to crazy. Okay. <laughs> so it's far worse if you go crazy in black and white because that's that like black and white movie like, I mean, you're just like raving lunatic mad while crazy in color is just like you live your normal life but you take a pill every day and then like <laughs> if you stop taking your medicine like things start to get a little wacky mm. so mm -hmm. I say all that to say the black and white version of the Medusan uh, effects are far worse actually than oh. the color effects because sometimes in black and white you can see more detail than in color is that kind of what you're getting at Yes, hello, Janeway. I don't know what that had to do with what we were doing right now, but okay. <laughs> Thank you, Holloway. Good night, everybody. That's their show. <laughs> so as you previously mentioned, Jamila Jamil Jamil? Jamil Jamil. Yes. Gets to play their usual voice when they start to playing the vindic the Vindicator instead of Essentia. Okay. I wondered if uh, John Noble got to play their, quote, normal voice uh, when they were playing uh, the barista. So funny thing is that, like, so I know John Noble the most from the television show French. And he was, you know, like a Federation scientist. <laughs> like a Federation scientist living in the He was basically, yeah, he was basically like a Federation scientist who lived in the neutral zone type guy. He was doing French science? Yes. Good job. Oh, okay. You you got all the way there all by yourself, and hey. so his the voice of the guy mm -hmm. on Fringe yeah. was the same as the voice of the Diviner, like in Cadence and everything. Although oh, like okay. his bent was a little more fatherly and kind, it just came like his just the way he said things like were a little creepy yeah. sometimes, you know, like oh, or the okay. things that he or or even the ideas. So it's sort of like this is the first time I've heard him do a different voice. So this voice sounds actually more sinister because it's more like he's like being like oh. i'm betting it took more it seems like it took more effort maybe for him to do this voice i don't know i could be wrong though so he's doing like the creepy nice guy that is nice but he's actually covering up something that yeah <laughs> okay. yeah oh interesting it's harder to be vapid vapid or empty-headed empty-headed mm. you know i find it kind of easy <clears throat> what do you think this glitter smooch is called this, is that what they are, Glitter Schnoochie? Because this yeah. one is called a Glitter Smooch. Another one, but they're all called different things, aren't they? Generically, they're Glitter Smooch. 
Glitter smooch. That's that is definitely the pearl of glitter smooches. So so far we've seen three of these in this episode. The the mean one, I'm not sure. I, I think that was something interjected by the hologram, but he's obviously they, to be fair, Earl, they were all interjected by the hologram. They're all holograms. Yeah. What I meant is, like, the glitter smitch, the glitter smooch. Glitter smitch. Is a skin over the mean guy that is nursing that drink that is usually there when Murph is in the holodeck by themselves and it's not been glitching. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's not actually glitter snitchel. Yeah, the glitter smooch isn't really the one who's behaving that way. It's. He's just a skin. Okay. Well, well, thanks for explaining that for me. I appreciate sure. that. Delta Heart Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever noticed how Zero is... Um, I've is never quite... noticed that. I've never noticed Zero at all. Who's Zero? <laughs> Zero is the difference between one and minus one. Or what comes between one and minus one. There's a lot that comes between one and minus one. <laughs> there is. There's, There's an, an infinite, infinite number of decimals. Yeah. Yeah. Two infinities. Have, have, yeah. Let me start over. Have oh. you ever noticed how quiet zero um, can be sometimes? Well, you yeah. started over with have you ever noticed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if I say <laughs> no, and then we just move on, like as if it was like, no, I don't notice that. Okay. That's the question. Have I noticed? How zero is and quiet then, like, to the. What if I if I'm like no and now I'm embarrassed and I never noticed that now I feel stupid. <clears throat> How do you want me to do it then? <laughs> uh, should I just cut cut and paste it to you and you can tell me how to say it, rewrite it? My script. Uh, you have a script? No. <laughs> I mean, we're not writing this on the fly. I have notes. Maybe you should write me a script. <laughs> I agree. I'll start doing that. Uh, you, you're going to start writing me a script? Yeah, but you're not allowed to read it. <laughs> that, that's what you're supposed to do with the script. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to read it. I get, I often get frustrated. It seems like Zero is often quiet to the point where you sometimes, for me, hard to understand. Sure. Like they're always whispering. Half of the time it is to themselves, so that makes sense, but... Like, even here when they're off to the side standing in front of the window and they're talking to Rock Talk, they're so quiet and they have to even zoom right in on them. And I had to turn up my volume like a couple notches or, or five in order to get what they were saying. And I guess maybe in this scene, they are off to the side and they are quietly talking to themselves like they don't want to be overheard, but overheard by what? They're hologram. I mean, was this the part where Zero and Rock talk, were talking about there being some kind of motive behind it being just their programs that the computer's pulling? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they're doing like a conspiratorial tone, but I do often find that it's the cadence of the way that the voice actor speaks some mm -hmm. you know the lines and them being quite like a combination of the two mm -hmm. can be a little more difficult for me mm. so i understand what you're what you're talking about yeah it j just now reminded me of the uh, quiet spoken lady in the uh, police academy movies have you ever seen those i've seen the movies i did like the the lady with like the really tiny ones like that like that lady it, yeah yeah no. yeah <clears throat> wow that is literally a joke my father would like, would, would have liked, 100%. Probably did. 
probably enjoyed it until I just over-explained it and then ruined it. So <laughs> the case is just full of we just got a bunch of bull gar garbles latinum. What? Jankapaga is searching for the key. And yeah, he, and there's he just like randomly a whole goes case. in this. Yeah, he yeah. Randomly just goes like in this opening people's case. stuff up, like just <laughs> opening people's stuff up. Like, wouldn't it be more likely that if they're gonna have a key, it's like gonna be in their pocket? Like, why aren't you going through people's pockets? <laughs> like, why are you looking in a suitcase for a key? Who keeps their keys in a suitcase? Do you keep your keys in a suitcase? Does Jacob Pog even have keys? Why would he know where to look where keys are? <laughs> he doesn't. He's not into this yet. I don't think he ever <laughs> does get into it at all. I mean, then why is he going around opening people's suitcase? For the animators to give him something to do. Oh, okay. So a reason for him to get into, specifically for a reason for him to get in a fight. Oh, yeah. So... He's just looking for trouble because he's a Tellerite. Oh, also all the fighting in this episode, would you say that all the fighting in this episode happens somehow involving a Tellerite? Like all the fighting? Uh, yeah, as a result of something that a Tellerite did at some point, yes. Tellar is one of the founding members of the Federation, right? No. it's it, yeah. Who is it? Who is it? Is, are there, were there four of them? Yeah. Why do I feel like there were three? There's like a big three, but I guess or it is four. Because Tellar yeah. was for, like Tellar, Andor, Vulcan, and Earth, right? Yes. Why do I feel like there were three? There were three that didn't include Earth. Oh. There were three other ones outside of our own. Possibly what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. That that probably makes sense. All right. That's what's up. <laughs> why do you think it was Tellar? Like, what? How? What do you? How do you think we got them to like agree with us? Do, was it by argue, by showing them how well we can argue? We can't argue. What are you talking about? I would like to see explained how this whole like civilization works if like the whole point is arguing yeah. but i mean i get that we sort of do that now so maybe that's sort of the the reflection that tellar can give us you gotta wonder if at some point they have like a clue to each other when they're it is actually time to get down to business and stop arguing and actually discuss a thing i mean they have if they're making things and doing things and getting warp drive and stuff you have to wouldn't you have to agree on something? Yeah, you'd have to talk. Or would you have to? Could you just like, you don't have to agree, but like, if your arguing doesn't pan out, and nothing that you try to counter something with works, then I guess you you don't have to admit it, but you can go, you can follow the rules. You know, because clearly that's what it is. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, in its own kind of way, I guess. Yeah. It's basically just like admitting it without admitting it, just going along with it, just to, you know, showing that you. That you agree without without saying that you agree. Oh, okay. I think I I get it. Nobody I know that, or nobody in this room does this. But like when people like <laughs> sort of admit their fault or apologize without apologizing or adm <laughs> without admitting that they did anything wrong, or or actually sometimes when they just apologize because they think they should, but they don't think that they did anything wrong. No, I'm I'm saying more like we should turn left. It's we're supposed to go left. No, we're going. We're gonna go right, and then we turn left, and it's just like and you don't continue to argue because we've already mm. turned left now. So what's what's? There's no need to argue. There's nothing to argue about. It's just like, well, this is where we are. So <laughs> okay, find something else to argue about now. You know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. So I thought it was interesting how Rock Talk seems to be the first one to clue in on the missing key i mean i don't think i even picked it up at first they must have a... yeah there's uh, here's the thing i don't it's not a missing key that rock talks hearing it's a dead key or a broken it's a, it's a wrong key a wrong key like a missing a miss okay if the key were missing you couldn't hit it and 
make it make the sound that it makes, right? Uh -huh. <clears throat> that would be a missing key. If the key is there, but mm -hmm. when it when you strike it, it makes a wrong sound, then that just means it's mistuned. It's not missing. There's still a string there because it mm -hmm. made a sound, mm -hmm. right? Like a missing key would be like either it doesn't make a sound because there's nothing for you to push, right? Because that's the key. Yeah. Like the thing yeah. that rock top ends up flipping up is actually a key. Mm -hmm. So there's only like half the key missing. So it's not, it's what rock talks hearing is not a missing key. It's a mistuned key. So that yeah, key is or... both half missing and mistuned. <laughs> the string is mistuned. Yeah. Like when you encounter a piano in like a really old, a really old piano in a long lived church, like in, the, in a dark you know, alley well sure okay <laughs> a piano a piano yes and you're sitting there and the one there's one key that you press on it it doesn't really do anything unless you ram on it really hard then it goes barely like tink it's almost like the hammer is off <clears throat> like it's missing a spring or something but and... the key is not missing no the key itself is not missing it. this is yeah. what i'm getting at like the there's the no piece missing of ivory key. or the piece of plastic is still there. Right. A, a missing key would be a silent, like, there would be, like, I can hear the missing notes, Michael. Like, there would have been <laughs> a missing sound at appropriate times, you know? Like, oh, I wouldn't man. have been able to hear the missing notes. That's mm -hmm. that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I can't hear the missing notes, Michael, because they're not being played. But in this case, you're hearing wrong notes. So it's mm. not a missing key. They are a child. They're not necessarily going to have their grammar down perfectly. No, no, but the key's there. That's what Rock Talk flips up. <laughs> yeah. It was just a little confusing thing that happened for me mm -hmm. where I was like, what do you mean missing? <laughs> like, every indication is that the, the key is not missing. So why mm. is why is the phrase that we're using missing key? Like, is it should it, damaged key? Because or... they needed, yeah, they needed the word key in there instead of missing note. They needed the word key because they're looking for a key. But the note wasn't missing either. We heard the note. It was a wrong note, but we heard the note. Oh, okay. So there was nothing missing is what I'm getting at. There's nothing missing mm -hmm. except for half, okay. the, half of the key was missing, yes. I don't know if that would cause the same sound difference that we're hearing. But anyway, that's it's the it's the half missing key that, that we flip up. It, they flip it up and it opens a, up the lid of the piano and yes. there's a portal. <laughs> this is like and it makes does it make a sound? It sounded like the Legends of Zelda or something. I didn't get a chance to go back and listen to it. I <laughs> okay. don't think I heard any. I don't remember hearing anything, but I just might have missed it. Yeah, I definitely think the piano is bigger on the inside, though. That's the second time in a row we've had to recognize that Starfleet is the doctor. <laughs> Zero says Oh, do they? To the next adventure. <clears throat> and I just find their enthusiasm their sorry, their enthusiastic spirit just so infectious? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Did you write down is that the word I'm looking for? No. <laughs> but did you write down infectious? I hate it when when I ask you a question and I know the answer, and instead of just giving me the answer, you just like refuse to answer the question. <laughs> I I was wrestling. I I initially wrote inspirational, and that didn't seem right. But infectious doesn't really seem right either because it hasn't 
rubbed off on me either. Although I guess it <laughs> could, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then initially, instead Bro, of just hoping for things to rub off. <laughs> 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 things that he made up okay so we plunge into the piano and into the back plunge... cave yeah and in the meantime we plunge into act three yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go to a commercial guys so we're we'll be well we'll go to something we'll go to a brief little sound or something maybe we'll beam out maybe we'll open <laughs> the shuttle bay doors well, i don't know who knows what evil... time to talk up our favorite sponsor unplanned trek be right back Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Isaac. And we are Unplanned Trek. Sort of slightly planned. And sort of unplanned. Find us where you find your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for enjoying our sponsorship Thank you for enjoying spot. our sponsorship spot. Or whatever, what do you or want to call it? whatever you want to call it. Blurb Nurple. Welcome, Blurb Nurple. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to do it. We're on a pirate ship, and it is yes. a pirate ship full of Tellarites. Dr. Nooms. This is when the point in the episode where I was like, these animatronics are making me nervous. You know how like, you go into a Chuck E. Cheese, and you're like slightly uh -huh. too old to be a Chuck E. Cheese, and you uh -huh. start looking at the animals, like the, the creatures moving around, and they're like really creepy because of the way they move, like all mechanical, mm -hmm. like ee, 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 ee. like all these Dr. Nooms are moving <laughs> like that. On this ship, like when we walk, they're like character, main characters, like walking towards us, and then they're the Doctor Nooms are walking around and behind our main characters, like sort of in the background. They're all mm -hmm. just doing like an animatronic style. That's a little bit creepy. You know, I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's, but I think that might be what you just described. Okay. <laughs> I've I don't know what you're, what that is either. I did see a movie where Nicolas Cage killed a whole bunch of animatronic. Or did I don't know? There were a bunch of animatronic dolls, and they were they were killing people. And I think Nick Nick Cage was fighting some of them. I don't hmm. remember whether he survived or not. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it was recent. It came out during the uh, demic. Oh, okay. The before t b before during the in between times. In the back back. <laughs> in the open days. There's, back in the open speaking days. Speaking of the Tellarites. Dal explains that this is his fantasy. He likes to come in here because people will listen to him and do what he says. He's doing Peter Pan. Is he? Yeah, I'm, oh, okay. so I'm sure of it. Okay, I'm I sure never made that. That's a cool connection. I never made that connection. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he is a little boy and refuses to grow up sometimes. Yeah, and he's trying to do, like, Earth-type stuff. They are all doing Earth-related stories, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're preparing themselves for what it'll be like on Earth and psyching themselves up. They said something a while ago about like getting used to Earth and thinking about Earth and talking about Earth kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what that what that was, but I do remember <laughs> the morning to get familiarized okay. more. He decides to let the the Tellarites know that you know he's going to employ them to help them find the key. I love this one teller. He's totally like. I shall go overboard to look. He just dives into the water, into the deadly depths. And then turns into the glitter smooch monster that then comes back out. Like, because you said they were just skins, right? So the program could have taken his little program after it jumped overboard and then re-skinned it with the glitter, glitter smooch monster. Oh. So that's actually the same guy. 
oh, just turned okay. around and attacking. That way, that way he doesn't have to generate anything new. <laughs> well, the, the the way that guy behaves is just... I used to love that kind of physical humor, the slapstick kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Something like Steve Martin like or like Police Academy, like we just mentioned. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry. I was just thinking about I... the, the outrageous O'Connor episode with uh, Piscopo and Data. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Um, you you don't really like the physical comedy anymore. Is that what you're trying to say? It, Not really your thing. Sometimes, I mean, I was surprised by myself in this scene. Yeah, and he just kind of leaps over the side. I'm like, what? Okay. Were you worried about him? Were you, <laughs> were you like, oh no, Mister Telluride Hollow character guy? Oh no, are I you mean, gonna be okay? I knew he was immediately okay because he turned into that glitter smooth monster. That's this was the Sparkle Sea Hugger. <laughs> <laughs> These are definitely Pokemon. What does it mean to be alarmed about the programs blending at? a dangerous pace like or wouldn't it be less alarming if they weren't if they had already blended together like what if just all the programs were there at one time wouldn't that be like mm. less alarming than then what do you mean blending she oh zero means changing is what zero means the wording in this episode <laughs> everything that they're going through in this holodeck mm-hmm. is all just stuff that the ship is doing to them Oh, the 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 ship's like computer, the the, the yeah. hugging, the grabbing, the <laughs> the chasing around, you know, mm-hmm. like the beating up of Jankum Pog. The ship did that when when yeah. the Jankum Pog got thrown across, like all the way down the alley. It was just the <laughs> yeah. ship doing that. Well, it, it's certainly trying to delay them for some reason. It just hasn't. That none of them have caught on to it yet. Although I think uh, Zero is on the cusp of catching on to it. The cusp precipice so wait is this dragon fruit that's in here with this bucket the orange bucket of oranges i thought they were plums oh i mean they were purple what color are dragon fruit they're a pinkish red they're big fruit with like they're oval they have not spikes on them but weird shaped like leaves Oh, I thought maybe these were some representation of dragon fruit, and thus would be the same fruit that were in the ice cream. Well, I mean, they certainly could be the same fruit that was in the ice cream, but that I wouldn't interpret though these orange fruit or the purple fruit as dragon fruit. Okay. They're too small. Okay. Dra- dragon fruit are about a rugby ball size. A little bit smaller than a, a pineapple. A rugby ball. Sure. What? They're How, too small to be a football size. Shout out to our British friends out there. And Tasmanian. Yes, our Tasmanian friends. I think that we're the only fools who call a different sport football. From what I understand, I could be wrong. <laughs> so the glitter smooch is making us take on water. Mm-hmm. And the meanness of jokery that Zero was doing last episode. This is what Dal is giving exactly back to Zero. Mm, okay. I forget what it was, but Zero said something mean about somebody. I think it was like about Jake and Pog. I don't quite remember. Just go back to our mm. previous episode, which was like only like a million hours long and listen to that. And then come <laughs> back here and finish this one is what I'm saying. <laughs> sure. Well, it was only a week ago that it came out. Yes. So you should be able to find it really easy. It's just before this one. 
So did they find the key in this portion of the uh, adventure? But I don't think the key was something to find. I remember like so Murph found the found a compass, but that's that mm-hmm. wasn't a key. Also, it was just another another fake clue. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a key on the back of it, and yeah, somebody the, alleged it was pointing at something. Yeah, but zero's done. Zero put zero's foot down. I mean, not re- not really. <laughs> yeah, is it me or when zero decides to stop following the clues? Is Murph particularly miffed about? what happened was murph miffed about it you you know murph was miffed about murph cussed zero out entirely like flat out cussed out zero and then dal just repeated it like dal is Mm -hmm. murph's universal translator (laughs) i never thought of it that way zero says just let the ship sink and let's all quote die and the program will end I hadn't realized that we were building this whole story through the episode. I was really surprised to see the, like, flashing through the moments of, yeah, remember when we said stay here? Yeah, remember when we said stay here? Yeah, remember when we said stay here? Remember there's all these clues along yeah, the way? The, the Scooby-Doo moments or the uh, yeah. murder she wrote moments where it's like, by the way, did you notice that? No, that wasn't in the original part of the episode. What do you, yeah, like at the end of Shira, when they'd have the little thing come out and be like, "Did you see me in this episode?" Oh wait, hold on. Do you what? Never mind. <laughs> did I say? <clears throat> remember in He Man when uh, new toy action figure came out? The who? The He Man? He Man? New toy? Action, did they put action new figure? action figures out when they made the new the two new He Man things? Remember that like recently there was a new the two new He Mans. Yeah, they they have new action figures. They have. Did well, they, they make have a different action line. figures for each show? Because yeah. the show's art was very yeah, different. Yeah, they've made uh, action figures uh, for each, for three lines right now, or in the stores. Oh, great. Yeah, they've got, totally got toys for all of that. And if you can purchase them through our Amazon link, we would <laughs> yeah, greatly appreciate it. <laughs> we don't have an Amazon link. You can't put us in your cart. You can put us in your cart. Well, you can't put us in your cart, but you can keep us in your hearts. You can take me home, baby. Whoa, no Whoa. one was... <laughs> right on the wire. <clears throat> okay, so the jig is up. And Holloway's yeah. been found out for her whole secretness. Yeah. Just like the doctor, she didn't know she did it. I didn't know <laughs> I did it. Uh-huh. I bet she didn't Do you think know that's that a she... valid excuse? That I didn't know I did it? I, yeah. She's, she's declaring temporary insanity. I think or, you could do that. Multiple personalities. Ooh. Two face. She's claiming puppet. She's claiming demonic possession. Mm. Yeah. Is what she's claiming. Okay. I I don't know how well that stands up, but I think either way you have to be relieved of something, and I don't know if there's anything to relieve her of except existence. Yeah. <laughs> Does this qualify like for the end of someone's existence? Oh, I don't know. This is definitely the our actual true meaning behind uh, the ghost in the machine, though. I mean, it kind of took us a little bit of time to get there, but it I took kinda... us the episode. Oh yeah, I kind of figured it out last week when I heard the title that something was going to go on with the artificial construct being, you know, a ghost in the machine. I didn't really peg whether it was going to possess Janeway to get it done, but I did kind of figure this out last week. I kind of hoped that the construct would just form into some avatar and Mm. just directly talk to the crew that would have been really creepy that would be an interesting confrontation i think what i like about prodigy is they kind of are good at subverting our expectations i mean this is the part where the 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 creepy bad guy comes out and says oh you caught me now i must 
you know, accelerate my my plans. Sure. You've almost foiled them. Yeah. And Prodigy goes left and where they go into Janeway saying, oh, I'm so sorry. And I didn't mean to do this. This wasn't me. I don't remember doing it. Right. So instead of the villain, like, explaining everything, we lay it out. And then she's like, what? Oh, I guess that's true. But sorry. Yeah. No, not me. My bad. No. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is a pretty good turn it on its side to the formula. Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly, but as soon as we realize, oh, we must be heading towards Federation space, we come out and mm -hmm. here is the Dauntless right in front of us, just like the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah. So the ending at mirrors the beginning. Okay. Yeah, it does. I didn't think of it that way. Janeway gets all doe-eyed here. She gets this anime eyes look. She really does. Yeah, she's got like a little like a innocent princess look. Yeah, it's, which it's really works for me in thinking that she's innocent. Like that really works for me very well. Oh yeah, it certainly does help to. I mean, I I think she is innocent. I think. Oh, I do. Like, I mean, of course, but I just think that the eyes like really like sell it. <laughs> really sell it out for me. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I've noticed about the Dauntless is how close together their nacelles are. Yeah, in comparison to the width of the body. There's also like the way the connection between the saucer and the engineering section, like the susicalness of it. Yeah. It's, it's very susical. I feel like it could be in the susical musical. It seems kind of odd, like it shouldn't work, like it wouldn't be able to create a warp bubble because... The mass needs to be balanced within the warp field, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. why the warp nacelles are on the out or yeah. on the outermost part of the warp bubble. Right, and it's they're basically like centered on the, the yeah. mass so that... You know, they're like they're not on one side of the mast. They're like, in yeah. they're basically in the middle, towards the back, and sort of impel because they're doing that push, that squeeze, that squeeze expand thing, expand contract, yeah. expand contract. <laughs> but then I got to thinking about it. Did remind me of one ship that had a similar design, except they had four nacelles. The Stargazer, their its warp nacelles on each on the top and the bottom were really close together too the two mm. on the top and the two on the bottom that's if you actually, true although maybe that's why they ended up needing four is because they still had to have one on either side of the entire mass of the ship yeah i feel like they functioned as top and but like as the ship like just rotated on its side you have one top and one on yeah. bottom so i wish that i hadn't really seen like any online commentary for this episode because mm -hmm. I was tainted by seeing a lot of people list this as a filler episode. I really kind of feel that more of the previous episode than this episode. Oh, because it was a flashback episode, yeah. We moved the story forward by exactly one point in this episode. One step. Yeah, yeah, one step closer <laughs> and we're outside of the Dauntless, which we've encountered previously. Mm -hmm. When we started the previous episode, we were, what, escaping the Dauntless? It's almost as if we could have done without these two episodes because we're now right back where we started at the beginning of the two episodes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Well, and I, I think there's a little bit of trickery going on here because I think there, some of the episodes were rearranged too. You mentioned that earlier. Oh. But, and I just mentioned it, too. I just think that it doesn't matter which which order these two episodes were in. Mm, okay. Both the holodeck and the flashbacks. Both are standard Star Trek filler fare. <laughs> yep. 
So I am going to go, uh, I think I'm going to call this a 7.4 episode. I really didn't feel like much happened. I really feel like this episode returned us to the beginning of the previous episode where we were Mm -hmm. encountering the Dauntless. Like we could have done without this whole thing. You know, I mean, we did learn about, we did learn about Dow last episode, but what did we learn in this episode? Just basically that. uh, How the holodeck works. The the holodeck works, but that Janeway has a ghost in her machine. I mean, okay, sure. I mean, we kind of, okay, sure. But you could have added that to the, the end of any episode. Yeah, I mean, she's attached to the ship, and the ship is infected by the living construct, so... Yeah. It would stand to reason. Yeah, I mean, we. I've been wondering, I don't know, I don't know if I can, can include you on that, but what, whether she, how she wasn't affected or whether she was affected at all. I had too. assumed that the part where, like, she doesn't talk about stuff from voyager or talk about mark that that Uh was part of the at least the jailbreak if not the living construct like it's i think Mm -hmm. it's it was it's been hard for me to determine what effects aboard the ship are from the jailbreak and which are from the living construct okay yeah i hadn't thought about it that deeply i was just sitting there wondering well that's good (laughs) It's Blankly. good that you don't think about things deeply and then do a podcast about them. <laughs> well, a... in this instance, I hadn't thought that deeply about what was the jailbreak stuff and what wasn't. Roger that. 9.4 is my rating for this episode. I thought you said 7-something. I was mistaken. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, crap, because I was feeling at ease because at least your number was lower than mine because I thought you were going to be shocked and surprised that how low mine was. I agree. This is sort of a, a filler episode. I hadn't actually read anything else, so I had no indicator that anybody else felt that way. I do know that we've done the failed holodeck before. And the, the, there's a joke kind of floating around in the ether of the fandom about oh every time they try to use the holodeck it breaks i was probably going to go with an eight. Oh, an 8.0 yes okay sounds good i think i'm in agreeance with that one okay you know i was trying to find a synopsis for the upcoming episode called mind walk mm-hmm. and i was not able to find it i only looked briefly the other day uh, and I realized, oh, it doesn't usually come out until later in the week, so I didn't look very hard. I'm gonna so call I'm, this. Apologize. I'm gonna call the this episode um, the penultimate episode because the final, the finale is a two-parter with the same mm-hmm. title. Okay. So yeah. ostensibly, this is sort of a two, sort of a, a penultimate episode. I would imagine possibly. I mean, if they were gonna connect the title to a part of the episode. Maybe we have to walk through Janeway's mind to figure out, to detangle the mess that's in there from the artificial construct. I see. Interesting. So maybe it's a Janeway flashback episode. Do they oh, cut in live action? <laughs> there's a uh, there's a sort of like a title card, a, a picture that they released that's sort of like a splash image for the episode, mm-hmm. and it features two floating figures reaching out for each other. Um, which appear hmm. like maybe they could be Gwendala and Dal. I'm not sure who. Oh, okay. Huh. We have some, uh, some breaking news. Yes. Please tell me about it. The Orion space capsule, the cap- space capsule that was on atop of the Artemis 1 test flight launch. Which went around the moon several times recently. Yes. 
went all the way out to the moon and beyond, sort of, splashed down at 11.40 on Sunday, December 11th. 11.40 p.m. in the, or no, I'm sorry, 11.40 in the morning, central time, so 12.40 our time. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is safely returned. You can sort of ask the lady that lives in several of our devices uh, all about it. She'll tell you a little bit about it, but then you, she'll also tell you where to go to see how Hermit portion of the mission went. The heat shield deployed just fine. The parachutes deployed just fine. I mean, it, is, it certainly isn't the first time they've done this ever. It's the first time they've done it with the Orion capsule and, and Artemis, but NASA does a lot of splashdowns, of course. They were saying that the balloons that inflate after they hit the water to keep the capsule from sinking, four of the five of them had inflated last time I saw, but I had to leave, so I don't know more than that. I would imagine by now they've recovered it, and they're going to have to do some tests and some investigating to uh, see how things worked and whatever as far as the dummies on the inside of it that were supposed to test out radiation and stuff so there is still some going on with the orion space capsule right now but the mission has been a success so that is our space news this month yeah so since earl said that's our space news this month i think we've reached the end of the episode yes exactly uh so until next time uh-huh. Everybody, please uh, dream big. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 what? Um, Earl. Yes, sir. I've heard that you are taking a hiatus. Yes, sir. Okay. I will be going out of town uh, the day this episode drops on December 14th. I will be flying... Uh, to warmer parts of the country okay. to visit family. Awesome. Congratulations. I, I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope so, too. Yeah, I've asked a friend of ours to step in and fill, mm-hmm. uh, try to fill your shoes. But, I mean, you do wear a size 17, so I'm sure they'll be difficult to fill. In Australia, well, in Tasmania, I'm sure that's like a size 33 or something in shoes. <laughs> I don't know how they weigh it. Because they measure them in centimeters instead of inches? Oh, Sure. Perhaps that's mm. it. So uh, next week, Earl, I hope you enjoy the next offering from Let's Talk About Treks, which should be hosted by yours truly, Jack Dorino, and also mm-hmm. our friend Isaac. We have to make him come up with a more Let's Talk About Treks um, applicable name, you know, like a beverage. Mm, he yes. could be Romulan Dale. <laughs> <laughs> You have to propose that to him. I, I think I will. I just made up that one on the spot, too. I'm pretty oh, that's, it's not bad. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Romulan Dale. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, let's... Uh... Let's, uh, so so everyone wish uh, wish Earl safe travels. Hopefully he yes. won't have to splash down in an ocean with some uh, balloons. <laughs> and parachutes. All right. So, well, until next time, everybody. Well, everybody... until... Hold on. Until two weeks from the next time, apparently, for you. But until well, next we, time, we'll see. for me. Wait, you might have a special guest next time and the time after that. Who knows? Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Surprise guest. Sorry, third, third time. 
<laughs> Until next time, everybody. Mm -hmm. Dream big, stay positive, and you'll hear from us again soon. Still love you, Kirsty Ellie. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. It was... Hmm. It was written by Chant... <laughs> Wait, you practice quant and then you have problems with Chad? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay, I need to catch my breath. Um, three, two. <laughs> You're counting yourself in? To get, get myself back on track. Okay. Keep... How's that going? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> I think I broke my face. Oh, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> I hope you edit this. Out. Don't worry about it. It's already broke. It's been broken for a while. <laughs> it's cool. I have tape. <laughs> okay. This is definitely going after the show. <laughs> it's definitely talked on the end of this episode. Well, even that part. I just reminded myself of the uh, scene in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit where the Weasels are like, don't laugh. You're going to laugh yourself to death. Okay. <laughs> uh, the episode. Wait, are you saying that you're playing the cartoon version of yourself when you're doing Let's Talk About Treks? Because oh. that's what I'm doing. I'm playing the cartoon oh, okay. version of myself. The Prodigy version or the uh, Lower Decks version? Or the Matt Groening version, the the radio theater, the radio theater version. <laughs> Here on WNBC, <laughs> public radio theater. W L T A T. Yes, that that's what I meant to say. <laughs> All right, so let's let's finish this because this is a really long post credit scene. <laughs> And we'll go, we're going to jump back to the beginning of the show. You should just drop in some Mark Hamill laughter in there somewhere. Why don't you take Star care Wars. of the... Uh... No, I said Mark mm. Hamill. That's Batman. Mark Hamill? Playing the Joker? What? Mark he Hamill played... is Luke Skywalker. He is, but he also played the Joker across from Batman, and the oh, Joker in the, is in where the, the voice, laughter is In the Voices, Voices thing. Yeah. The, the animation show.
<laughs> animation. Well, yeah. I mean, last episode, what was the word you said last episode? Um, I don't remember. It was hilarious. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can find it really quickly. Because I wrote it okay. down, so I wanted to remember it. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, the writer um, was. Wait, hold on. Oh, you want I'm me to find okay. this word? Yeah. That's why yeah, I said well, hold on. Okay. What do you oh, usually okay. do when people say hold on? Well, I thought I could do Just my keep bit going. and wait. And wait, and when you were ready, you could put it in. But okay. form formidable was one of the words. Formidable, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then another one of the words was suggestering. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's all. Carry on. 